My brother and I this morning greet you in the name of Jesus Christ to the house of the Lord and do so with uh, great anticipation to see the hand, the Lord of the hand, uh, God's hand at work. And I know that I want to welcome everyone that I uh, see a couple that are visitors, if you will, but um, trust that the Lord might bless you as well. Uh, I uh, am mindful of this very special occasion as we gather today to partake of the Lord's Supper, the sacrament, that we, uh, we come in a spirit of remembrance, of remembering what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And um, in doing so, I wanted to share with you, uh, by way of reading from the book of Deuteronomy, uh, it's in chapter 4, where we find these words starting in 29. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. In the, the book of Deuteronomy, you find a further in chapter 8, where it talks about you and I having a nature of forgetfulness, of forgetting the love of our God, forgetting the blessings that might come into our life. And because we are in the flesh, we have that nature to forget about those from whence the blessings flow. And I find it interesting um, in the book of Joshua, chapter, in chapter 5, verse 10, the, is, they had speaking about the time that the Israelites had left Egypt and they had crossed over into the, the land of Gilead. And there in the, in the place where we know to be uh, the plains of Jericho, they remembered the Passover. They remembered the Passover that had happened and the salvation that came through God. And so, much like the Israelites, the children of Israel did in that day, they remembered the Passover. We come today to remember the Passover, of, to have life eternal. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're told to give thanks that we are to break bread and to eat and that you'll soon see when this cloth is removed from this table that today we come to do this in remembrance. We come to remember Jesus Christ. For Jesus, we are told in the New Testament that Jesus is our Passover. And so as we come in the spirit of remembrance, not forgetting of the goodness and the blessings of our God through the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, let us move out with thankfulness, with joyfulness, to see His hand at work continue even in these latter days that He seeks us as we seek Him to know of His goodness and to know of His love. May the Lord bless us as we move into this sacred ordinance.
Our Father who art in heaven, we come here this day in great reverence to give honor and respect to Thee, Thy only begotten Son. Father, we so much appreciate that life of Thy Son and that great and last and infinite sacrifice that gives us that opportunity to come back into Thy presence one day and to be with Thee. And it gives us great hope. Father, I pray that You might be with my uh, brother Mike as he breaks that bread of life with us this day to center our thoughts upon this Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that Thy good and tender spirit might abide here this hour. And that as each of us examines our lives, as we remember this life of Jesus Christ, may we do so in the attitude of repentance and in that broken heart and a contrite spirit. And Father, as we do this this day, may you even heal the brokenhearted. And that we might leave here this day with a new beginning. And this is our humble prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, who is Jesus Christ, who is mighty to save. Amen. April 6, 1872, in St. Louis, Missouri, when Joseph Smith III was president of the church, there's a resolution that was made in a conference, and it goes along with the Doctrine and Covenants 59. Remember on this the Lord's day, thou shalt offer thine oblations and thy sacraments unto the Most High confessing my sins unto thy brethren before the Lord. They, uh, they did this according to the uh, description in the uh, church history so that they could raise more money for the poor and needy. And they were having trouble getting enough to, to do that. So this is called oblation, and it's a uh, first Sunday of every month. It's for the giving of uh, your surplus, above and beyond tithing, that it will be used for the poor and the needy and for the work of the church. Will you bow with me? O oh God, the eternal Heavenly Father, I'm grateful for this day you have provided for us, that you have uh, given us opportunity once again to come and serve you and to call upon thy holy name and uh, be blessed by this, your Spirit, that we might remember you, the wonderful sacrifice that you made for us all as you continue to bless us throughout this week and days to come. May we always remember that you are our Lord and Savior and that you have provided with us the greatest and most blessed gift of all, even that of eternal life. And we ask your blessings in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I greet you here this morning. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but it was obvious to me that in the hour before this, during the prayer service, virtually every prayer and every testimony mentioned the word joy. What a joy it is to be here and in His presence. From the second book of Nephi, 15th chapter and the 7th verse, my favorite scripture, I glory in plainness, I glory in truth, I glory in my Jesus, for He hath redeemed my soul from hell. This particular scripture, I believe that when he says here, when Nephi says glory, I believe that means the same thing as joy. I joy in plainness. I get great joy from truth. I derive my most joy from my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I know I've mentioned to you before that before we come up here, the body of men that you see before you meet in the back room in the fellowship hall. And truly, you can call it the fellowship hall in this case. Because in that meeting, we form a circle. We place our arms around the man next to us. And if done properly, we would touch the man next to them. So each man there forms a consortium of five men. I and four others, the man next to me, and four others, including myself, and so on around that circle. And brothers and sisters, I have to testify to you that it is in that circle that the Spirit of God is most present. In your priesthood, the Holy Spirit touches that circle as a prayer is offered and lights up this body of men as if they were on fire. There's no other time that I feel so close to the Lord as when we are embraced in that circle. I'm always, I always feel drawn in closer and closer as the prayer is offered in that circle. And in that circle... I find great joy. There are many plain truths in the Scriptures. Plain truths. One is that these men don't do this just because it's their calling. Just because it's their duty. This body of men that serves you 
does it because they love you. That's my motivation. I do it because I love you, each and every one. And that's the plain truth of it. There's another plain truth in the, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, there are times when it seems very complicated. When it's stated in the Scriptures and you read it in the Scriptures, sometimes it seems a bit complicated. You'll find it in the Holy Scriptures and you'll find it in the Book of Mormon. Written. This is my Gospel. But it can be condensed down into a shortest form. In John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the Gospel. Plain and simple. And the most important part of that Gospel is that God so loved. God so loved. And if He loved then, in His unchangeable form, He loves now. Which means that He loves each and every one of you. God so loved... God so loves. Plain and simple truth. There are many things, however, in the Scriptures that are not so plain and simple. And in my preparation, I ran across one of the parables. The, parables of, the parable of the mustard seed. Not really plain and simple. Although it's only two verses. I'll read it to you. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now, I'm not going to start at the beginning of that parable. I'm going to kind of shuffle through it a little bit. After having read it, I decided I would study it a little bit. So I looked up the mustard tree. If you ever get a chance to research the mustard tree, you should take a look at it. It's huge. It can get as tall as 30 feet high and 30 feet wide. And it comes from this tiny seed. If I held this tiny seed in the palm of my hand, from the distance that you are from me now, you would not be able to see it. The tiniest of seeds. And it grows into this huge, huge tree. 
a tree such that the birds of the air can lodge in the branches of it. Now you have to think about this no longer as a mustard seed, no longer as a huge mustard tree, but as the kingdom of heaven with such a tiny beginning, such a huge result that the birds of the air lodge within its branches. Now I started to study this birds of the air trying to figure out what birds this was talking about. In the Bible, there's many mentions of birds. Sparrows, ravens, robins, every sort of bird is mentioned in the Scriptures. In the beginning, I was thinking perhaps this refers to the eagles. In the book of Matthew also, you'll find the scripture about the eagles gathering to the carcass. Where the carcass is, the eagles will be gathered. I thought, are these the birds that the Lord was mentioning? And so I began to study eagles. came around a rather interesting fact. I wasn't sure it was a fact in the beginning. So I had to have it confirmed. We contacted the uh, National Eagle Center in Minnesota and they confirmed the story. It actually applies to golden eagles. It's a story about their courtship. The way that they select a mate. In case you didn't know, eagles mate for life. It's rather interesting. The female eagle will make a little sound that draws the male eagles to come around. And so she picks out one of these male eagles and she puts him to a test. She'll fly down to the ground and she'll pick up a stick. She'll fly then high into the air and she'll drop that stick. And the male eagle has to catch that stick before it hits the ground. And if he does, she'll fly down and get a bigger stick, soar back to the heights, drop the stick, And the male eagle has to catch that stick before it hits the ground. And if he's successful in doing that, she'll test him three or four more times with bigger sticks from a lower height. And he has to catch that stick. confirmed that this is a golden eagle courtship ritual. Not the bald eagle. Golden eagles, by the way, are scattered around the entire northern hemisphere. 
Russia, China, North America. Bald eagles are only indigenous to the northern hemisphere where the United States is located. The Americas, bald eagles. I thought about this and I thought, we're going to be tested. This is talking about the kingdom of heaven. We're going to be tested. We'll have to be found worthy. Of course, if the male eagle doesn't catch the stick, the female eagle simply flies away and finds another male eagle to test. And sometimes, if the male eagle isn't found worthy even to be tested, he himself will go pick up a stick sort of the heights, drop the stick, and catch the stick before it hits the ground to demonstrate to the female eagle that he's worthy. Then she might be interested, and then she puts him to the test with the sticks. We're going to be tested, just like the eagles test each other, to find if they'll be a worthy companion. For us, it'll be flipped around. It'll be the bride who will be tested. The church who will be tested. But we're going to go through those tests. The other interesting thing about this parable is that it starts so small. The tiny, tiny seed, the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven will begin very, very small. Now, when you think about that, how large is this kingdom of heaven? Straight as gate narrows the way, and few there shall be that find it. So if there's only few in the kingdom of heaven... And it starts so small, it could start, say, in a single congregation. That's where the kingdom may have its beginning. You might even think of that in smaller terms. It might start just in a single person. In other words, you may be that mustard seed. The kingdom might start in you, or in you, or in you. The kingdom of heaven is as a grain of mustard seed. I finally came to the conclusion that the birds of the air that will be roosting, nesting, abiding in the branches of the mustard tree must certainly be the dove. For the dove in the scripture 
represents the Holy Spirit. And lest the Holy Spirit abides in the branches of the tree, in the branches of the kingdom, in the highest parts of the kingdom of heaven, it cannot be the kingdom of heaven. It must have the Holy Spirit abiding in the branches. Perhaps in the form of a dove. I found in my research an appropriate scripture, one that isn't dwelt on very often. You probably don't have you probably have never heard it. You probably read it when you read your scriptures, but you may have never heard it. It's in the eighty fourth Psalm. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. I've also come to the conclusion, brothers and sisters, that we are not here upon this earth to have fun. We're not here to be entertained. We're not even here for pleasure. Man is that he might have joy. Yes, at times we derive some joy from the fun that we have. Undeniably so. Sometimes we derive joy from the entertainment. Sometimes from the pleasure. But our joy can be found in the love of God and in the love of our Savior Jesus Christ. And in the presence of his saints, you, his people, that's where joy may be found. And that's where joy is the greatest. And that's the joy that we've been placed on this earth to receive. It is my humble prayer, brothers and sisters, That the kingdom of heaven, if it has not already begun, that the kingdom of heaven might be planted in each and every one of you, even as the grain of mustard seed. May you be blessed to be the very beginning of the kingdom of heaven is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
is expedient that the church meet together often to partake of the bread and wine in remembrance of the Lord Jesus. And the elder or priest shall administer it, and after this manner shall he administer it, that he shall kneel with the church and call upon the Father in solemn prayer. Saints, these emblems have been prepared before you, representing the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now as a body of the church shall together we kneel as the prayer is offered upon the bread. O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance the body of thy Son, and witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son, and always remember him, and keep his commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit to be with them. Amen.
Has everyone received their portion of the bread that desired to partake? Then, saints, once again, would you join me by kneeling as the prayer is offered on the wine? O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of Thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto Thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember Him, that they may have His Spirit to be with them. Amen.
Did everyone receive their portion of the wine? Let me read to you from the 17th section of the Doctrine and Covenants, which is where I've been reading all morning. This is where the prayer for both the bread and the wine are found in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 17. But a few verses earlier, beginning at verse 5, it says, Wherefore, the Almighty God gave His only begotten Son, as it is written in those Scriptures which have been given of Him. And He suffered temptations, but gave no heed unto them. He was crucified, died, and rose again the third day, and ascended into heaven to sit down on the right hand of the Father, to reign with almighty power according to the will of the Father, that as many as would believe and be baptized in His holy name, and endure in faith to the end, should be saved. I pray that this Scripture speaks to you and reminds you of what Jesus Christ has done for us and of His worthiness. When we come to worship Him and remember Remember those things that I just read of what He has done for you and for me. I pray that the Lord will bless you and go before you today and this week and that His Spirit would be with you in your homes and in your work and in your activities and bring you great joy as we've heard spoken of this morning. As I arrived early this morning before the priesthood prayer service, there was only one other brother in the parking lot. And I pulled in and I parked and I turned my car off and sat there for a moment because right outside of my car window there on the uh, the parking lot were two beautiful birds that were yellow more yellow than I'd ever seen. No idea what kind of birds those were. And, and they, they stayed there until I opened the door to my car, and then they, they flew off. You know, Brother Joseph Jr. spoke of that parable that Brother Mike talked of today, this parable of the mustard seed. And he suggested that those birds that lodged in the branches thereof were the angels. And I pray that the Lord uh, will share with us that great angelic ministry. You know, they are so mindful of us. These angels are. Because we are their posterity. They lived on this earth at one time. And we are their children. They're concerned over us and for the kingdom which is to come. I pray that you'll be blessed 
May the Lord uh, bless you and keep you and shine upon you and give you this joy.
O God, the Eternal Father, what a joy it is to have been in Your house this day and to come together and worship with the saints here in these last days. We pray, Lord, that that which has been done here this day might be pleasing unto Thee. And we would pray and ask that You'd go before us now as we return to our homes. Bless each and every heart and soul that is here. And within them, may they sense the power and the presence of Your Spirit and a burning within their bosom, that they might uh, have the energy and the strength to go forth and to live their life in a way that resembles that of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for all your many blessings, and thank you for allowing me to be yoked up with these fine people, my uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Help us, Father, that we might endure until the kingdom shall come, is my prayer, in the sacred name of Jesus Christ. Amen.